Hello and welcome to Game of Moans, a podcast where we are re-watching Game of Thrones an episode at a time. I am Chris Bolton. With me, as always, our very own mountain, Mr. Mark Williams. Hello. And here we go with Season 7, Episode 5, Eastwatch. Uh, it is the return of the shack. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is. Return of the shack. Uh, <laughs> Matt Shackman back for uh, a second go-around. Um, yeah. and, and actually... We alluded to this last week as well. I don't so much think this is his return for a second episode as it is the second part of what is essentially one episode. a movie. Yeah, <laughs> like a one-episode movie. It's like this episode picks up directly where last episode left off. Um, yeah. Now, okay, issues with this, which we alluded to last week. I was planning to talk about them this week, but we talked about them last week because I remember us talking yeah. about the first time around as well. And we talked yes. about it last week how, you know, Jamie's supposed death, as we were supposed to believe it was last week, yeah. you know, was ludicrous because nobody just sinks like a fucking stone. Well, that I mean, doesn't happen. It probably would have because he'd have been weighing about six six times his body weight in armor. Yeah, but he wasn't even but, breathing. Or but anything. he wasn't. He wasn't breathing. He wasn't moving. It was like he was already dead. It was like he was a corpse just so floating on down. So that was annoying as fucking. And I'd, I'd forgotten, and I shouldn't have forgotten because it's a fairly typical of the show, but. The very first shot you get in this one is yep. Bron bursting through the surface of the water and dragging Jamie with him. Yep. Now, now here's the thing. it's a striking visual. Yeah. But now, to me, it's a crap opening to the episode because what they should have done start with if they're going to start with an, if you're going to have Tyrion walking through the wreckage and all the rest of it anyway, have that and then cut no cut to them after this scene where Bron and Jamie are on the side of the fucking river. You don't need to see them bursting through the surface because Bron wasn't there in the first place. All you need to know is that he survived. Um, I completely disagree with all of that to the point where it's my first note. Um, okay. I, agree, I agree with the sentiment. Uh, I, I think you're right. I, I don't... Again, this is Game of Thrones just not knowing how to do a cliffhanger, basically. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it, they didn't set it up properly last week, so it doesn't pay off this week. However, um, for the first time in a long time, I think this is a decent opening. Um, if you if you take this episode as its own thing, okay? Now, following on from last week, I agree with you uh, with what you're saying. I, I agree with all of that um, as a follow-on from last week and were this to be one episode. We shouldn't see Jamie pop through the water straight away. Um, however, taken on its own, which we kind of have to do, I think, I think this is a great episode. Like, we don't need to see Bronze Rescue. Uh, you know, I, I say all the time, come in in the middle of the scene and that's what happens here they just pop out of the water have their discussion um and then we get to see Tyrion surveying the battlefield that's far more interesting than what would traditionally be the game of thrones opening which is Tyrion surveying the battlefield and then jamie will pop out of the water um so i like this as an opening i like it a great deal what i don't like is the the way they've handled Jamie's supposed death, but it's not a death, but it was never going to be a death in the yeah. first place. So no, the, the cliffhanger doesn't work for me at that all. That was th that was the thing. I think that was pro that was probably my problem with it is that because it doesn't work as a cliffhanger. So, you know, if if I was going to take it that way, especially given the way that they've you know, the way they've written this entire fucking show so far, is that's how you know that's how they would do an opening. I think well, credit to the no credit to uh, I think it's is it Dave uh, Dave Hill who wrote this one yeah Dave Hill wrote the episode so credit to him and Matt Shackman for getting you know, for for sticking up for sticking a better landing but it it, it doesn't feel like it fits and it, it, it's one of those that if anything you think well hang on it doesn't pay off because yeah yes okay he he was the last time we saw he was floating down it doesn't give you enough time to remember what was going on because literally as soon as you pop up as soon as just it comes on they pop through there's not even any there's not even 
probably probably not even two seconds before he breaks the surface of the water. So you haven't even got time to remember what happened last week and where you left it. Yeah, that that's the problem. As I say, it just it literally picks straight up after last week, yeah. and, and it just feels like it should be one it. episode. Yeah, oh, that, yeah, I I couldn't agree more in in terms of that. But um, I think you know, as, as an opening to an episode, this is actually a good one. <laughs> I think it just doesn't work connecting to last week's. Uh, so I have more of a problem with the fact that these two episodes bleed into each other yeah. than I do with with the actual opening of this. Yeah. I mean, um, I guess what it needs is a previously on Game of Thrones, doesn't well, it? Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's we're kind of we're kind of coming at the same problem from 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 both sides really aren't we i mean mm-hmm. yeah. i think i mean even even if you know even if you're not doing it as a two-parter or even if you're not doing it as a as a split episode you know it's it's not it's his own thing which apart from this sequence it, it very much is anyway you know this it's just following yep. on from last week i think the problem is that again we're so attuned to the way that, that these things are put together that actually yeah. when the way they've done it they've just gone oh we'll cut the scene there and we'll, yeah. we'll go into next week and i think we said last week that i think last week was a short episode anyway wasn't it they didn't yes. need to do yeah. no they didn't either they could have quite easily finished it with uh you know finished that the entire sequence um and be done with it and start this week afresh yeah not, it would have been st- much... rather than starting back you know at the side of the river it would have made much more sense to finish last week's episode on Tyrion surveying the battlefield um yeah. I I reckon I don't know. This is all guesswork on my part, but all, look, I, and I'm not comparing myself to Matt Shackman in any way, shape, or form here. I'm nowhere near the director that he is. Okay, but were I to be directing this script, and you have to presume that he's had, if he's doing both of these episodes, he's had both these scripts. Yeah. The very first thing I'm doing is going to them and saying, "Well, I want to end episode one of my two episodes then yeah. with Tyrion surveying the battlefield." Yeah. Because it's a more natural ending, it's a more natural breaking point, but also thematically for that episode, um, what it does is paint Daenerys in that shade of grey that we were talking about so much last week, which we open with again here with the torture and then get swept under the table very quickly. So I feel like that would have all been weightier had we ended with Tyrion surveying the battlefield with that kind of, oh, fuck yeah kind of attitude that that he has when he's surveying the battlefield but i feel like that kind of gets lost this week it, it does and it, it's it's very much and they've they've talked and they've started talking about you know started talking about her and some of the, some of her choices some of her, some of her dilemmas and all the rest of it they've started making more of that which no too little too late quite frankly because they should have been doing this fucking years ago mm-hmm. but it's it's no it's it's almost no it's almost like there's a bit of gaslighting about it. By the time they all get back to Dragonstone, yeah. oh no, no, that's not the way it happened. No, it was no, it was. No. Oh, it definitely is, and, and yeah, I we, think no, that... we we gave them the choice, and and they, they were given the choice so they could be free and all the, no, all the rest of it, and they chose not to take it. They chose to rise up against them. Well, hang on, that's not what happened. You get you, know, you gave them the choice of do as you're told or I'll fucking kill you. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll talk about that that choice when we come onto those scenes now. And actually, yeah, when we do get back to Dragonstone, there is some discussion there with with Tyrion and, and Varys that I want to talk about as well, yeah. specifically with that. And I feel like all of that would have worked better had it been removed into its own episode. So had yes. this this early stuff here, and, and I think you, you don't necessarily need to see, you know, we could have opened with um, Daenerys kind of torturing the Tarleys perhaps, but I think we definitely should have closed last episode with Tyrion surveying the battlefield to allow that thread to carry through then to give us a week to sit on it with the yeah. character and allow that thread to carry through into this week's episode and take that step with Tyrion because the audience inevitably most of them as we've seen with the reaction to season eight 
are going to spend a week convincing themselves that Daenerys was completely in the right. Yeah. Just as Tyrion is doing. And so I feel like that would have worked better for the journey there. But, you know, that's not what happened. Now, whether that was... Uh, who knows? Who knows whether that's what they wanted to happen or not? But it, it feels to me like somebody's come along and just gone, no, you're going to end it there. Because last week's episode, you know, the ending was just so abrupt. And this yeah. opening is so abrupt that it really feels like they should have just followed each other pretty much. Well, yeah, that, um, that's it. And I think that, I mean, the thing I, I'm struggling with, as so we talked about last week, last, it was, last week's episode was 50 minutes. By the time you take off two minutes at the start and a minute and a half at the end for the credits, mm-hmm. you've got a 47 and a half minute, or 46 and a half minute episode. Yeah. This episode is 59 minutes. You take the same three and a half off. You've got an extra 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Why, no, why couldn't they, why couldn't they have broken that down? Have no, the, what they needed of that last week and split the difference. Yeah. Would have made much more sense, but you know, nevertheless, they don't. Yeah. Um, I do like, you know, I, I do like the scene with, with Bron though, when he does pull Jamie out the water, we get that exchange between yeah. them and, and Bron says, look, I'm not going to be around when those things start raining fire on King's Landing. You know, it's smart, it's true to character, and yeah. it's literally telling us, the audience, what's going to happen. There's yeah. no there's no if. I'm not going to be around if those things... No, I'm yeah, not going to be around when those things yeah. start raining fire on King's Landing. It is inevitable that this is coming, and Bronze flat out saying, fuck this. Yeah, and, and to be fair, I mean, he, he, even Jamie, who's, you know, has you know, died in the world Lannister, as you can get, even he's saying, look, we can't fucking beat these. I know we can't beat these things. Yeah, yeah. Now, and uh, and like, even now, at that point, you know, he's, he's, he's seen it up close, he's like, no, we're going to lose. And uh, But you know, the difference being that Bronze is wrapped up in very clever work, you know, uh, no, until I get where I'm owed, a dragon doesn't get to kill you. You don't get to kill you. Only I get to kill you. Yeah. You know, and it's, and that's the only difference is that they're, no, they're saying the same thing, but actually, it's you no know, one is one is more self-serving than the other. Um, yeah. But you no, know, it's this moment of realization that actually, she just swept in on one third of what she's got yeah. without you no, know, without the unsullied and with only half the Dothraki and all the rest of it. She swept in and obliterated everything. Yeah. No, and as we said last week, the master fucking strategist took out all her own food supply. <laughs> um, but you know, but she came in and obliterated them completely, and without no, without having to blink an eye. Yeah, yeah, um, it's it's good. As as is the scene with Tyrion surveying the wreckage as well. Yeah. Um, and you know, again, Tyrion surveying the wreckage does does a lot for you know. We were saying last week about where we think his character should be positioned, mm. and I think this does that. But we needed it last week, as we've yes. already said. It really hammers home kind of the tyranny essentially of what of what Danny's doing here, and 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 Tyrion knowing that it's wrong. Um, but it doesn't fit here. If we needed it last week for all of that stuff with him going yeah. run, you fucking idiot, and all of that to yeah. to to have worked. Basically, you and know, we thing, needed it, it, to pay off for that. It, it, follow, it, it would follow on as well from the whole thing, the whole exchange with John about, you know, if you do that, you go in and burn the place to the ground, you're no better than anybody else. Yes. And, and that would have fought that again. It it feels that that's you no know, Tyrion being in that place, you know, telling Jamie to run and then, and then going walking through it, walking through the charred remains, walking through the ash and all the rest of it, going, yeah, this is what we were talking about. No, this yeah. is the scorched earth we were t- we were telling you about, you stupid woman. Yeah, exactly. I, and you know, we're just jumping on the back of of that, you you stupid woman, scorched earth. Um, we get the scene with Danny next, then where she's got everybody rounded up. Yes, she's got the, the dragon standing for him. Now let's just let's just take a moment. Let's just take a moment very quickly, and we will do it very quickly because you know this is all subtle as a housebreak anyway. There's not yeah. a lot to be pulled out of this, but let's just let's just quickly break down her language and her speech here. Um, yeah. She she opens with "I'm not here to murder," really? Okay, because, you me. 
You just yeah. murdered, fuck, murdered thousands of people. Because that's just what you did. Um, but okay, let's go with her. Better to the doubt. I'm not here to murder. Yep. Um, I offer you a choice. Uh, no. No, you don't, dear. You don't. The, the choice is do as I say or I'm going to kill you. That's not a choice. <laughs> that's a well, threat. Well, it's, I mean, yeah, but and the whole thing, she goes, oh, no, where Tyrion says, oh, we, you know, we can lock them, we can imprison them. I'm not here to put people in chains. No, you're just here to put them in the fucking ground. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, but that's no. my next note. Tyrion suggests that that, that, um, that Tali takes the black, for yeah. instance. You know, and, and that's that's true to character for Tyrion as well. Like, he's there going, no, you've done enough. Like, trying to talk her down off the fucking mountain here. Just going like, no, 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 no. Yeah, this is wrong. That. Yeah. You know, and and then she just says, "Oh, I'm not beheading them, right? Because burning yeah, them alive that, that would be barbaric. Much, is much better, isn't it? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> you know? in, in all fairness, as well, I think we've skipped over a bit there. Where he, he says about um, Tali taking the black, and again, we, we we've not seen much of Randall Tali, but what we have seen is that no, he's no, he, he's been positioned obviously in his relationship to Sam that he's an absolute cunt. Um, but actually, when we have seen him, that no, there's there's this very traditional, very upstanding. No, so no, I'm I'm a knight of the I'm a lord of the realm or whatever. So I'm I'm honourable. And he says, "You can't send me to the black. You're not my queen." And yeah. I thought, actually, he's standing up for something here. Yes. And yes. Okay. He's an obsequious little cunt, but he is actually saying, "You know what? You can do what you like. You know, you can't punish me like that because I don't recognise your authority. And if you're going to do something, just fucking do it already." And he only then changes when Dickon decides to uh, to to be noble and, and join him. Um, and I thought that was really, a really nice character beat for both of them, actually, because they, they've never been, you know, they've never been particularly positively portrayed. No, and and again, it's the same as we talked about how Jamie was positioned as the hero last week. It's the same thing here. Like, like we've seen, uh, we've seen the Tarleys to be portrayed as absolute cunts in terms of Sam's story. But yeah, yeah. you're dead right here. I, you, there's no other way to paint this. Mm. They are on the side of right here. Yeah. Danny is about to, to kill them. Yeah, you know, for for no good reason. You know, and, and, and like they say, want to do as they're told. Yeah, and and actually, they have her checkmated here. Like, and you can, and credit to Amelia Clark. Actually, she plays this very well as well. Yes. When he throws in her face, you can't send me yeah. to Castle Black because you're not my queen. And she's just like, um, what the fuck do I do with that? <laughs> because she she doesn't know because she's not a ruler. She and has she's, no and she's never been challenged. Idea. She's also no. she's surrounded by glad handlers and sycophants. Yes. So all of a sudden, somebody challenging her, and she who, doesn't know what to do. She yeah. has no people skill as such. Yeah. And I mean, every time anytime anybody's challenged her, she's always no. She's always gone to Jorah. She's always gone to Tyrion. And these people generally capitulate to what she wants. Yeah. So all of a sudden, you've got somebody saying, "Look, I don't give a fuck what you do to me. I don't recognize your authority. Yeah. So if you're going to kill me, just kill me." But no, you're not having it. No, I'm not. I'm not kneeling to you. I'm not going to serve you. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm not going to be an unbound slave because that's effectively what she's saying. Is that you follow me, you bend the knee, you do as I tell you to, and I mean, I'll spare your lives. It's, it's exactly it's, that. It's, it's slavery, slavery in another form, isn't it? Yes. So, no, she might not be chaining them. And, no, she might not be mistreating them as such. But she's still putting. She's still putting them in a position where they do as they're told or they die. Yeah. Which is you know and. This is what really fucking grinds my gears with all these butthurt internet fans who are oh, Danny this, Danny that. They, they, they've all the way through these signs have been there, mm-hmm. and even to this to this point where you no, know, we had it last week where okay, she was you no know, technically it's an act of war, so you no, know, it's no, it's not as reprehensible as, as as flat out murder. Whereas this week, they've surrendered. They're on their fucking knees. I mean, yeah. Last week they were an army in retreat. Yeah, you know, like like you said, that, yes, okay, enough. you could you could that's paint it, yeah, you could paint it retreat, that she's attacking, it's... so it's a tactical move. It's a fucking shitty one, 
Yeah, and it lacks honor completely, but yeah, it's an act of war. This, you you are dead right. This is just flat out cold-blooded murder. There is no other way for it. Very, very, very hot-blooded murder. Well, yeah. And and it's also like the bit that I absolutely cannot wrap my head around. It's mental is that line of I'm not beheading them. Like, look, this is like trying to choose between which like this is like being asked which nut you want to be kicked in. Right. Yeah. But but it's like, do you want to die by beheading or die by being burned alive? I'm pretty sure everyone on the planet would go behead me, please. Yeah. Because that's instant. That's yeah. that's like a Unless bullet. Scott. Yeah. Yeah. That that's pretty much you know pretty much painless, right? It's about as painless as a death's going to get, isn't it? Yeah. It's 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 over as, as quick as it starts. You don't know anything about it. Being burned alive is fucking horrific. That's easily up there with drowning as one of the worst possible yeah. deaths. It's got yeah easily. that and that drowning and, and choking. Yes. Like because easily. you're just so you're powerless to do anything about it. Yeah. So what she does is way, way worse. (laughs) She seems to think it's better. Like, these are the words of a psychopath. Yeah. (laughs) They actually are psychotic words leaving her mouth. She's completely devoid of all reason and emotion. She doesn't understand at all. She's like a fucking child stepping on ants at this point. You know, it's it's horrendous. It's absolutely horrendous. And how anybody can defend her after this is beyond me. Yeah, As I well, said last week, last week was the point where they jumped the shark for me with her. Yeah. But after this, I like how the hell anyone was surprised at the end of season eight is well, just a mystery to me. Exactly. And I, I kind of put it down when when it was on first. I kind of put it down to having what no, I've been watching wrestling for the last 30 plus years. And you see that, and you when it's done well, you see the sort of the changes in the character until you get that no, that bang moment where they actually turn. Mm. And so I I, I kind of put it down to that. Where I was thinking, I, I I can see it coming, I can see it coming, I can see it coming. They build into it, they build into it, bang, there it is. And it came for me. It probably came about half an episode too late, actually, um, from no, from where from where it probably should have happened. But it was more or less where I thought it was going to come. But then seeing the reaction of the week out, no, the days after when it's like. Why have they done that? She'd never do that. So, yes, yeah, she fucking yes, she would. she fucking would. No, yeah. Apart from the fact that, no, from day one, it's been fire and blood, and you know, she's been a petty, vindictive cunt. Um, she, they've, they've gone for this all the time. Anytime she gets to a point where she's, she has a bit of authority and actually she's in a position of strength, she completely abuses it and just goes off the fucking deep end. Yeah. Because she thinks that's how, no, that's how you're supposed to behave. That's how you rule. You rule through fear. When actually, no, everybody in King's Landing hates the fucking Lannisters anyway. They all hate Cersei. You go, you go in with a slowly, slowly approach, and no, you you march her out of town. No, you have your dragon walking behind her, threatening to burn her alive. Walk her out, no, walk her out to the middle of the fucking desert and leave her there. And everyone will cheer and sing your and sing your praises and sing songs about you for the next thousand years. Instead, yeah, hearts and minds. Instead, you get fucking um, toasted tarly, and that's that, <laughs> that's where it goes. Like it, toasted tarly. I like that. That's branded in there. Yeah, there's a t-shirt in there somewhere. I'm there's sure. definitely. I was. You took the words out of my mouth. There's a t-shirt in there somewhere. Um, so yeah, okay. Let's let's move on from Danny because we're going to circle back around to this yes. later on as well. I'm sure. So let's move on. Um, otherwise, we'll just bitch about it all night. Um, the the next scene as well grinds my gears a little bit. If I'm honest, um, we have Jamie going to Cersei. Yeah, just just telling her everything that he's seen, and she just seems to refuse to listen to him which is utter madness. Like, yeah. I get it for the character. I get that she's headstrong and stuff now and she's in charge and what have you. But 
He's a military man. He's head of the Kingsguard. She knows he's a good fighter. He's the eldest Lannister left of the family. There's all of these things. Yeah, and she's pro- he's probably and the she, only person she she would trust and believe anyway. Yeah, she has lot at this point. She has lost everything. She yeah. has nothing left except Jamie. Nothing. Like, why bother even fighting? What has she got to fight for other well, than Jamie? Well, this is it. Cause, I mean, even the even her her possession. She she's no she's never. No, she's she's always coveted power adjacency, but she no, she never courted the fact that she wanted to be on the throne herself. No. That was never a thing. That no, that was a an unhappy accident that by the fact that her three children all died. So no, that was that was never and if that was her agenda, it's never been portrayed as such, and they've never communicated that in any way, shape, or form. No. So even her no, what 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 is she clinging on to? Exactly. And, you know, when it was when it was the sparrows and there was, you know, there was a personal vendetta there. Fine. Yeah. I got it. If if she was unchallenged and she's on the throne. Fine. I get it. But when your brother, the man you love, the father of your children, the best military mind, you know, and the head of your family comes to you and says, if you follow this course of action, everyone is going to die. Yeah. Why the fuck would she go? Nah, fuck it. I'm going to do it anyway. Fuck you. Well, that's that's it, and, and this. I mean, we've talked about Cersei many times um, in the last season and a half since they took over the since the Wonder Twins took over the writing. Is that they don't know? They it just seems they don't know the character. It really does because and to me, she's smarter than this. Well, this and, this is it, and no, I mean, yeah, no, yes, okay, she might want to downplay it in front of others. Yeah, but no, and like we saw that um, a couple of weeks ago when there was the, the comparison of. Her, you know, her making this, making her speech to all of the the lords, of, no, the the lords of the Seven Kingdoms, and Danny making her uh, her uh, gambit on the other side, and you had some nice parallel. You, you had the, sort of the, you no, know, effectively the Hustings, and no, they they they're talking politics, they're talking shop, and now we're going to do this because we have to do this because it's the right thing to do, and then you know, that was all fine. You do that, but no, you do the the bluff and the bluster and the bravado in public, but when you're in private and you're with, as it arguably your closest ally, yeah, you 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 know you you don't fucking just outright deny you everything they've seen and everything they're telling you. No, it makes no fucking sense to me whatsoever. Like, early seasons, as you said, the, the character, early seasons, Cersei's primary motivator all the way through this, and you're dead right, hasn't actually been to sit on the throne herself. Cersei's primary motivator is to look after her family. Yeah. Well, she, she, was, she was Lady Macbeth, wasn't she? She was Lady yes. Macbeth. Yes, and she's a matriarch, basically, yeah. She wants to be power adjacent, and she wants her family to be safe. You're dead right. That's That's who she is. So that just we haven't seen her transition into all of a sudden wanting to be the queen or anything like that. So that should still ring true. So therefore, her only family left is Jamie. And when he's saying, I just nearly fucking died. And if you follow this course of action, I am going to die. And so are you. And so is everyone else. Yeah. It makes no fucking sense. At None all. whatsoever. None it's whatsoever. Absolute madness in anyone's book. Um. And I don't think she's mad by any stretch. No. So this no. this really bugs me. Yeah, uh, this this so this has been my problem with Cersei since the beginning of season six is that they just don't get her character right at all. Everything she does, I mean, yes, okay, we had the sparrows and said there was a personal vendetta there, but even then, when no, she, we've had all no, we've had all the um, the anger about Tommen and the fact that you no, know, her actions in blowing up the sept then made, made him kill himself. We've had her anger over Marcella, but she just no, she just moves on. It's like, well, yeah. that's done now. I've done that bit. I'm not I'm not grieving on mourning anymore. I'm done. Yeah, yeah. And it, yeah, it just doesn't make any sense because I, I don't know. She is first and foremost through the entire season. She's a mother. Uh, through the entire series, she's a mother. 
So for her to then just completely you know, go, oh, well, children are dead, fuck it. Why not? Yeah, it just it doesn't wash. Yeah. Um, so there's that. We'll circle back to that later on as yep. well. Um, all right, then. John touching the dragon up. Um, yep. It's it's really well handled. Okay, I think this scene is really well shot. I think the yes. performance is really good, um, especially when you consider that, you know, it's he's acting there. against a, yeah, a giant CGI thing. But in its placement, it, it just feels comical because we yes. come off the back of a lot of doom and gloom, a lot of very weighty scenes, a lot of dread. To John and just and John standing, gets a new puppy. yeah, he's literally standing on a cliffside, and the dragon just out of nowhere is like, "Hi, John!" And it, <laughs> you are right; it is like a puppy. You may as well just like show up and start panting and lick his face. Yeah, it's like it's like something out of fucking How to Train Your Dragon. It just yeah. doesn't. It it's really well executed, but it doesn't fit here at all. Yeah, it's I, laugh out loud funny. It is. Um, the one thing I will say though, I mean. I mean, we, we we generally credit the cast very highly anyway, but all credit to Kit Harrington because I think. He, but there was I've, I've been doing some reading earlier on in part it, when he when he was actually touching it, there was a effectively a para, a sun umbrella like a parasol. Yeah, and he, he, that was it. No, that was part that was there for his island. When it was further away and he was looking up, there was a tennis ball on a fucking boom pole. So I mean, the, the guy has fuck well. all to work with, and he did yeah. an absolutely oh, brilliant job. I think I think the scene is really good. I, I generally, I think the scene is really good. It just doesn't fit because it yeah, will go from wrong. all of this heavy stuff to like, ta-da, dragons. Yeah. And, it, and it literally, it's like as if this dragon just shows up for him to pet it. Like there's yes. no reason for that dragon to be there right now. It could be anywhere else. There yes, is no exactly. reason for it to be there other than we need to see John pet the dragon. Yeah. Um, that sounded like a euphemism. It wasn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I like the scene, but it, it's it, it doesn't fit here. But it does lead on then to this scene with John and Danny. Um, yeah. So we, so here we go again. Then let's get the knives out for Danny again because it's going to be relentless this episode. So if you're a Danny fan, actually, think, no, to I'm, be honest, I'm, from, not from even here on in, from yeah. here on in, it's going to be pretty much no daggers for Danny all the way. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm not even going to apologise actually because it's it's just here for the taking. Um, I mean, this is this is the 65th episode, yeah. and it'll be the 65th time we've done this. Yeah. Yeah, and still people defend her. Um, I mean, she says she, she again, and and I like the performance. She's very cold about this. The performance like she's on, giving us them actually is yeah, brilliant. She's giving us what what we need from her at this point. She's giving us a cold, emotionless approach to this, which yep. just sells this heel turn even more. She says to him, "I have fewer enemies today than yesterday. You're not sure how to feel about that, are you?" And and he literally isn't like you can see it on his face. Like, well, I, I don't know. You're right. You're victorious, and that's clearly how she's painting it. Like, what yeah. she's done is necessary. She's a conquering hero. Yeah. But only in her own mind, and she knows that everyone else thinks it's wrong. She's just offered it up to him. You're yeah. not sure how to feel about that. Yeah. And I think that's the, his response, though, where he says, "No, you're right. I'm not." I think that's probably the the least honest Johnny ever is in the show because he knows exactly how he fucking feels about it. Yeah, he does. And, yeah. You know, he's, he's like, yeah, yeah, no, you're not putting words in my mouth. I'll, I'll agree with you because I can't be asked to argue with you again. But I know exactly how you feel about that because I told you that's exactly what you fucking do and exactly what that would make you. Yeah, I, you're no, right. I, we did we did this like you know 45 minutes ago in screen time. Yeah, and we've all done that, and we I I do it. It seems almost on a daily basis at the moment where I get some fucking covidiot cross my fucking path in work and start banging on about all the problems, and I'm just going, yeah. Yeah, well, maybe, you know, because you just think, do you know what? Yeah, it's not I, can't, worth it. I can't argue with you because you're so 
adamant on your viewpoint that I am not going to change your mind and you are blatant. And, and that's what John is doing here. Like, I, I tried and you didn't listen to me. Yeah. So what's the point? Exactly. Um, and, and, and that's sort of what you get from him here. But then she further then goes on. I, again, it, this is a bit like a fucking COVID on the internet. She further goes on to just try and hammer the point home where she compares her actions then and tries to draw comparison between herself and John, bringing the battle of the bastards into it. Yeah. They are absolutely 100% not the same thing. Yeah. Like that. she fucking murdered people. Like, well, that was it. I mean, that came, I mean, that came so far out of left field. When I had to actually rewind and go, hang on, what the fuck? Where, where, why, why does that come up now? Because that doesn't fit. It's not relevant at all. I mean, I can, I can see how she gets there because she is, she is trying to convince Johnny. Yeah, she, well, she's trying to convince herself, isn't she? So, yeah. well, hang on, I'm, he's, he's saying I'm no better than anybody else, but he did the same thing, except he fucking didn't. But no it's, way near it's, it. it's positioning again. It's, it's that sort of almost gaslighting approach where it's like, well, no, you did as well. No, you did. Yeah. You really did. No, I mean, look, John defended his homeland from invaders and rescued or at least tried to rescue his family. Yeah, but not only that, that was a, legit, a legitimate battle. And you know, when the battle was over, he didn't murder anybody. No. There's an argument that Sansa might have, but you know, that, that's not John. No, well, John took a prisoner of war, which is... Yeah. Which is was right, what, according what, to terms what, of engagement. Yeah, and it's what Danny had the option to do with the fucking 14 people she'd left alive. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, you know, so it is not the same thing whatsoever. As you say, that is a battle. They There was they was terms drawn up, you know, everybody. Yeah, there was, was, there was even a parley at the start. You know, even, and I said this last week as well, uh, actually, even Ramsay fucking Bolton has more honour and tact than Daenerys Targaryen. You know, yeah. she... She has flat out murdered people entirely unprovoked, whereas the Battle of the Bastards was slowly built up and was a fucking war. Yes. You know, there was a reason for that. And yes, as you said, there was a parley at the start. Both parties tried to avoid it, but couldn't. Yeah. So they had to fight. Yeah. This is not the same thing. No, I'm just going to go on to, to qualify what you just said as well. No, that um, Ramsey had no more... Uh... More integrity and more honor than Daenerys. My left nut has more integrity <laughs> and honor than Daenerys. Yeah, you, you, you're dead right. Um, Not the right one. The right one's a cunt, but you know. Yeah, but the left one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so you would rather be kicked in the right nut than the left, then, for future definitely, reference. Yeah. Um, I'd rather not be kicked in either. I've got to be honest, but you know. Well, yeah. Just putting yeah. that out there. Um, so then, um, then we get walkers. Finally, uh, yeah. uh, so and and it's good, you know. The ravens flying overhead and the walkers are creepy as hell. You know, we yeah. get that look straight up to camera then from the Night King, you know, and it's and then everybody, the ravens just disperse because yeah. the Night King's great, really, really good stuff. Yeah, really atmospheric um, as well. And again, yeah. I think it's um, it's it's good as well. We've just come off the back of a really fucking soppy scene as well. So we have the the exchange, the exchange with John and Danny, and then fucking Batman turns up again. Now he's dressed like Darth Vader without the helmet. Yeah. Um, so we get that whole thing. Oh, he says, you know, somebody here says he's a friend, and we get all that sort of mushy shit between him and Daenerys, which again could care less because at this point, I don't want her character to have any fucking joy. No. Because she hasn't, she doesn't deserve it. No. No, she definitely doesn't. Um, but yeah, so I like that. Then we get, we got, right, here's another fucking scene that makes no sense to me. Um, right. I, I've got to, I feel like I'm, I'm coming down on this episode quite hard, but when we get to my summation, actually, I will, I'll, I'll just throw it out there now so I don't sound like a complete fucking whinger this week. I did enjoy this episode. And again, I think, I think Matt Shackman's really solid hands. 
But I think so much of the, and we've had this before on the show as well, so much of the wider narrative writing here is so fucking nonsensical yeah. that it just undoes a lot of good work. So and we I get. Th- I think the problem is as well that the, I think the previous two were written by the Wonder Twins. And you always find when they do two back to back or when they do a couple back to back, I think Brian Cogman might be involved at some point as well. But when you do a couple, they get a couple in a row, you generally find that actually it goes to shit. Yeah. Because all of a sudden, where where you've got somebody like Brian Cogman or somebody like Dave, Dave Hill trying to put a thread together and say, right, this is going to carry, I mean, it's a shorter season as well, this is going to carry us so far. Yeah. And then they come in and go, nah, fuck that, we don't want to do that, that's that's not sensational enough, we'll do this instead. Yeah. And then all yeah. of a sudden, like, hang on, any momentum you've got just goes out the window, and that's what's happened here, that they, you know, they did the last episode and possibly the one before that as well. And so all of a sudden, anything they've been trying to build to has just gone out the window because it's 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 all style over substance. It's all make it big, make it flashy, make it memorable, and it won't matter that the story's off, that the narrative is off, that the arc is off, because people will only remember the dragons or the White Walkers. They won't they won't remember the story anyway. Yeah, I mean it's interesting you say that as well because actually I think in terms of the build, in terms of the pace of things and the catch and release of it all, um, I actually think this episode's doing really well. You know, we we had hmm. the big build up last week and we we're bringing it down a touch, but not too much. We're kind of just putting it on a simmer and sticking the lid on, so it's doing exactly what it needs to do. Hmm. It's just people are making such nonsensical decisions. Um, and again, it's you know we we talked about it at the start of the season and the end of last season as well. A lot of these decisions just feel like well, that's where that piece needs to be on the board. Yeah. So this is going to happen. You know, we get this discussion um, with Sam and the Maesters. Yeah. And for some completely unknown fucking reason, because it's never been mentioned before, the Maesters decide that apparently Danny's going to have a bit of a jape with them and ruse them. Yeah. Because um, obviously, why not? Yeah. You know? To what fucking end would she have? anything against the maesters like well, what yeah I, I don't i don't get it like I, I i don't get what they're trying to say here why do they have any reason to doubt any of this let alone one of their own who's now proven himself to be very capable well yeah but exactly it makes no fucking sense to me whatsoever yeah. and i mean don't get me wrong from if you were looking at it purely from a you know there's a, there's a war going on and there's you no know, there's going to be a battle yes okay it makes sense to try and draw people north away from the capital so that you can invade the capital. But, and I, I always remember this, there's an episode, of, uh, a feature-length episode of Third Rock from the Sun, where they're in, like, East, no, East Rutherford, New Jersey, um, and aliens invade there. And so, so why would they come here instead of going to New York or bl- blowing up Washington like an Independence Day? And the answer is, well, why why go in all guns blazing when you can sneak in the back door? Yeah. So it wouldn't make any sense to lure everybody up north and come in the south, because the south is going to be more fortified anyway, because that's where the queen is. Yeah, you are, no, and this is what Stannis did. You're far better off going north and you know, amassing a bit of force once you're on land. Yeah. So it does. It, I mean, no, it, it, as a strategy, it wouldn't make sense anyway. Let alone the fact, as you say, she's you no. Know, there's been never. There's never been any indication she has any beef with the Maesters or the Citadel no, at all. No, none, none. Or they with her, for that matter. No, makes no fucking sense whatsoever. And and um, then just again dismissing the whole thing of the you know, White Walkers you know, and we, we've seen that all the way through. But again, these people are supposed to be the most educated and revered, and they have entire fucking libraries full of things about White Walkers and the Long Nights and this, that, and the other. So they, why they would just dismiss it out of hand doesn't make any sense. Well, this this is the thing, isn't it? I feel like to put... Let, let's just sort of slightly contextualise this. And let's say, for sake of argument, um, please don't get annoyed with us. Let's compare the White Walkers to Jesus, okay? In as much <laughs> as they're both imaginary figures that are rooted in society, Okay. Yeah. Um, please don't please don't at me um 
<laughs> any academic, any real academic in today's society, regardless of whether they are religious or not, uh, presented with the possibility that somebody may have found evidence of the existence of Jesus Christ and miracles is going to take the time to sit down and read that and assess it and work yes. through all of the historical records that we have. That's what makes them an academic and not a fucking idiot on Facebook yes. who will just believe it or discount it as soon as they're told they'll make their mind up. Yeah. Okay. And the maesters should be doing the same here. Their very role in society is to evaluate this stuff. Yeah, they're supposed so to be they... the, the, the wise advisors and the counsellors. That's why no, every, every time you have a king or a lord or a steward of the north, they all have a fucking maester with them. Yes, so to just dismiss it out of hand like this just feels wrong. Yeah. As I say, especially when they have all of the historical records. You know, just like if we're talking about issues of faith today, everybody would have just, you know, they'd have access to translations of the Bible. They'd have access to historical texts. Yeah. Access that the general public wouldn't have. Yes. And the maesters have this. They have that fucking library that looks like Hogwarts, for Christ's sake. There's yeah. bound to be loads in there about history and the first men and all of that. So, can I, can I just say as well, that fucking book collection, that's like heaven. <laughs> that's the best thing about the entire fucking show, as far as I'm concerned. It just locked yeah. me in there. <laughs> Trouble is, though, it's all going to be fucking nonsense, isn't it? Because it's all going to be Game from the mind of George R. R. Martin. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it, this just really doesn't ring true to me at all, this no. thing with the maesters. So no, it's it another thing sense. another thing that annoyed me. Um, the thing is as well, I mean, it's so, it's so fucking annoying because we, we've had individual maesters throughout the show and we had Maester Eamon up at the wall who, you know, he rounced everything and you know, he, he, sort of worked, he worked his way up when he was at the wall. So we've had all of that. And then it's only last season, or we, we've had allusions to the Citadel, but we've never actually seen it. It's only this season we've seen the Citadel. We spent you know, very small sections of four episodes there, and now they pissed away. We we never go back after this episode. No, no, and, and, and they set it up as though we should because the maesters are questioning whether they're going to be involved or not. So yeah, it, we it, need to it know. It seems that there's a, there's a purpose for them that's been kind of set up from day one. We've always had maesters, and we've you no know, we, we've had this you know, these overtures towards the, you know, the citadel, which is you no know, their, their seat of power. Or it no, it's the fucking it's the fucking Vatican City in there. Let's be honest. Yeah, uh, no, we've had all of that, and Sam's got there and it's all fucking you know, golden spires and it's all very bright and very light and, a re and again another really horrible mat um we've had all of that and they go in and it's 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 this fucking old boys club and you just think right okay well something needs to happen here we something needs to happen to bring these people down so that the so then the maesters can play the role they're supposed to play in the long night yeah but instead yeah. we just get sam goes on a bit of a fucking klepto rampage and fucks off with some scrolls yeah, we'll talk about that as well, yeah. I think, won't we? Because, well, yeah, we'll talk about that when that happens, because we're a little, that, that pops yeah, that's, in later that's on, later doesn't on. it? Yeah, I've and got, there's I've some important stuff that comes up before that. Yeah, yeah, I've got, I've got some notes on that as well. Um, the next thing we get is this um, scene between Tyrion and Varys, where Tyrion is trying to justify Danny's actions to Varys. Um, it is an excellent scene, okay? Yes. Excellent. And like I say, I feel had we ended last week with him surveying these actions and then sewn this in this week yeah. and we'd had time to mull on it, I think it would have worked even better because the audience would be there with Tyrion. Yeah. We we know that he doesn't believe the words coming out of his mouth. And that's in the performance as well. Credit yes. to Peter Dinklage for this. It's clear that he is trying to convince himself here. And Varys is just patronizing him because Varys knows that it's wrong as well. 
You know, yeah, this, and this I mean, is two people defending the fact that they're on the wrong side. Two very intelligent people as well. Yeah, and I mean, um, virus to a point, even kind of he, he owns it. He says that I I always told myself that I wasn't the one doing it, so it's not my fault. Yeah, and I think that's such a it's such a it's such an honest sentiment. We don't get a lot of that in this show. Um, but and and when you get you know, characters like Virus and Littlefinger and Tyrion, where you know, and Cersei and Tywin, where there are always pawns in motion, there's always things going on. You get it's it's one of those rare moments where you think, and actually, yeah, he he knows exactly what he is. He doesn't like it. He doesn't like the fact that that's who he is. But he at least he recognizes it, where so many characters don't. Yeah. And where you say no, no, I you know when I when I you know, gave the Mad King information that led him to kill people, I always told myself that I wasn't the one doing the killing. Yeah. And again, it's like they're trying, no, they're tr- as well trying to convince each other, they're trying to convince themselves. It's like trying to you no know, trying to ease that burden or that, that sort of. Immeasurable weight of conscience of conscience that's saying, yeah, this is all on you. All those people who died now, Terry, you didn't fucking stop her. You you knew it was wrong. You yeah. knew what she was going to do, and you did nothing. You stood by and let it happen. You didn't stand your ground, and because of that, people died who didn't yeah. need to die. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I like the scene. I think it's good. I think yeah. um, it it could be improved by you know shifting scenes about earlier. Um, yes. But it leaves absolutely no doubt whatsoever as if you had any anyway which i don't think anybody does um but it leaves absolutely no doubt whatsoever that danny is 100 percent in the fucking wrong oh yeah and at this point she's completely off the fucking reservation yeah so yeah that's it's it's a great scene it does what it yeah. needs to do i just yes. think it would have been better had things been restructured we also get the exchange about the scroll as well uh from virus which i really like uh, when they yeah. say, you know, did you read it? It's a sealed scroll for the King of the North. Yeah, I, I really like that. Actually. I, what I does it that. say? Yeah, really, really yeah, funny. No, Just, no, nothing, nothing important. Yeah, yeah, really, really funny. Little aside. Yeah, good, good stuff. Yeah. Um, there were okay. a couple. There were a couple of gags in the episode actually that, did, that had that effect as well. I can't. I remember when I watched. I watched it Monday night. Um, as opposed to watching it last night, which I normally do. I remember thinking, I need to write that one down because that's a really good gag. Yeah. Fucked if I can remember what it was. I didn't no. write it down. The moment to moment, the writing in this episode is really good. I, just yeah. like the direction is really good. It's the it's the wider decisions that are being made with character arcs and things like that. Which and, and I think the the problem is that they you know, even though you've got Dave Hill writing the episode at this point, now, obviously, I mean, I know that's why you have showrunners anyway, but they, because they're so involved in, in 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 mapping it out and they've been and they wrote the previous two episodes, they you know their hand is very much on the tiller anyway. So even though Dave Hill's name's on it and he will have written the words on the page. Yeah, you know, it will be well. You need to do that now. You need to do that. That needs to go in there. No, fuck that bit. Yes. You need to do that now. Yeah. And it's, it's it's it's. I know that's how shows like this run. I know that's how it, how it works. Where you have no, you you don't have a writers' room. And you sit down for weeks and fucking bash it out. It's some you bang out an episode in a couple of days because you've been given the beats to hit. But it just it it's it's it makes it sound disingenuous, and that's where it's where this and many other episodes have fallen down because the writer's not in control and doesn't get to push the bit push the buttons in the right order effectively. <laughs> Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so then we move on to, to the kind of war room, if you like, and we start to see the first inklings of this plan to go and capture a white, which is yeah. a good plan. Yes. And I'm just going to say it now. This is uh, it only lasts for like an episode and a bit now. But this is my favorite story arc of the entire show. This is fucking fantastic. This men on a mission north of the wall yeah. stuff. And they're going to go capture a white to prove to everybody that exists. This is fantastic fucking phenomenal and it feels like the start of 
a penultimate season. Yeah, not two thirds of the way through a penultimate season. It does. And I mean, not only that, if you think about, um, I think it was, oh, it would have been, been last week, wasn't it? Whereby you had this of the, the heist movie motif where you've got Terry and Tom, we're going to do this, and we'll yeah. do that, we'll do that. That feels like it, you know, I don't like that. Uh, I don't like that as a model for this show anyway, because it doesn't fit. No. Um, no, give me a, no, give me a hassle or something like that, and it, it works really well. For something like this, it wouldn't work. But if you have to do it, you want to do it where you're setting up something like this. Yeah. Because then it, at least it fits with what you're trying to do. Yeah, I I really, really like this as as a concept. I like it. You're like, yes, it's tropey, as I say. It's men on a mission. Yeah. We basically get Game of Thrones versions of the Expendables next week, um, yeah. which I love. Yeah. Like next week's episode is one of my favorites in the entire show. I'm not going to bury the lead. I'm just throwing that out there now. Um, love it. Okay. Um, so I like that we start to see that hatch in you. Um, yeah. But as I, I think you could get a season out of it is the thing. Or yeah. part of a season anyway. It could be a beast or it's running through a season. And then you end this season with them or with them not having a white uh, to prove to everybody so that then you've got it set up for the final season. But anyway, just wanted to pause quickly and say I like that. Um, Danny seems very concerned about John all of a sudden out of nowhere, doesn't yeah. she? Like we've had this kind of slow burn relationship building between them over the past couple of weeks, but all of a sudden it takes to have, it seems to have taken like a quantum leap forward into like, no, 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 you can't go anywhere. You're my new boy toy. Yeah, and the thing is, I mean, it's, it's annoying because we... <laughs> They've they've done this so much better in the past. They they, had, they did this with Egret in season two and three, I think it was. I mean, that's where, the gold standard yeah, for relationships I mean, you, in this show. Like you, you, they they built up and it took time. You know, it they, it starts in the same place. They're very wary of each other. They don't trust each other. They think there's agendas and all the rest of it. Obviously, we you know we knew in that instance that John was effectively spying on them. So you know, it, we we knew we, there was duplicity going on there. But they they built that over what three quarters of a season. Yeah, and then. And then they turned it on his head, and uh, so she shot him. And then we had the the, the the next part of that, the evolution of that, whereby she was plotting to take him down because I don't know because he betrayed her and all the rest of it. So we had that, and that were that was beautiful. And we talked about that at the time. It's probably, you know, probably the best individual arc in the, uh, the individual story in the entire fucking show. Yeah. Um, but here they've gone. I don't trust you. I don't like you. Actually, no. We've gone. I'm not bending the knee. I don't trust you. I don't like you. Your father did this. Your father did that. I mean, then it's, I'm, I'm, I'm it's an 80s rom-com. It's an 80s rom-com, isn't it? It is, but without the second act. Yeah, but but that's what it is. You know, we, we meet each other, we hate each other, but, you know, actually... And, and, and again, that's fine, but it's 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 played for on God, but then you've missed the bit in the middle whereby actually something happens yes. to make them actually appreciate each other. Completely. Whereas here, here you know, or he, he showed her the, the cave and then she fucked off on a dragon and killed some people. She saw and, him touch a dragon. That, yeah. was, that clearly gave her the horn. Well, um, yeah, that's it. And then after that, it's like, well, okay, well, you can't go. I'll miss you. Ah, what the fuck? Yeah, it, 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 you're right. It's missing that bit in the middle. I don't think their relationship's evolved enough again. Yeah. And I mean, this, they, is a, this is a casualty of they haven't got enough time left to tell all of this story that they want to tell, yeah. despite and, the fact they resolutely say that they have. Well, yeah, this is it. And I mean, I think they they tried. So the scene earlier on where, he, where the dragon lands and he, you know, he, he fucking you know, pets it. And they do cut away to her quite a few times. And there's this very changing face that she's making. I'm not entirely sure if that's her trying to emote something or she's having another stroke. But... Um, sorry, that's probably well, harsh. That was that? fucking harsh. Yeah, that um, was. But it, that it's, was really fucking that, harsh. That was. I, I apologize for that one. That was that was uncalled for. But it's it's there's they're clearly going for something. Yeah. But it doesn't come off because uh, cutting no. away to her face three or four times, where she's doing something but isn't really clear what it is. It just doesn't work. It doesn't add anything. And then 
presumably at that point, we're supposed to assume that something's happening between them, and then Jorah interrupts and cock blocks him anyway. Yeah, because so, he would. Yeah, of course he would. Uh, and so, well, hang on. What? Why are we now at this point where she's worried? She's worried about him going north and what's going to happen and all the rest of it. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Doesn't make any sense. I don't. I don't buy it because I, we haven't seen. Like, well, I, I don't buy it, it for a number of reasons. Okay, I don't buy it because I. I don't think the chemistry between them is great. If I'm honest. No. Um, I don't buy it because we haven't seen the work go in on her side at this point in time. And yep. she is she's basically out for only one thing, and that's complete to completely conquer King's Landing. Yeah. Right? I don't buy it because she sent away the love of her life a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I should still be raw from that. And that's all on her side of things. Don't even get me started on why I don't buy it from John. We'll talk yeah. about that when John reciprocates. Um yeah. but I think you can already guess where I'm gonna go with it. Um, but anyway, so apart from Ick, yeah, so there's that. Um, and then what I do like in this scene actually is, is, and we don't get the third payoff to this, but it's, it's a, it's a good bit of repetition here where once again, she gets things thrown back in her face and she gets challenged where she says to him, I haven't given you permission to leave. And he immediately throws back. I don't need your permission to leave. Yeah. I'm a king. Yeah. Just absolutely like i don't know who you think you are yeah but you are not in charge of me let's just be clear about that yeah um you know and it's it's good to see a chance that again i feel like we need a third and she needs to flip on the third but we never get it yeah Um, i mean the the funny thing with that is as well is that when they landed in in episode two they had to give up them their their boats and their their swords and everything were taken away from them yeah so if she hasn't given them permission in permission to leave how has he got longclaw back and where the fuck did the boats come from yeah, good point. Yeah. Um no, some somebody's obviously sanctioned it. Yeah, good point. I mean, he's not a prisoner, is he anymore? So I, I don't know. But it again, it's just her it's basically her being a petulant child again, isn't it? And stamping her feet. Like I'm the queen, so I get my way all the time. Yeah. Um she's no better than Joffrey, to be honest. No. You can't go because I don't want you to. And he yeah. basically says, Grow up. <laughs> and, and that's it. It's it, that's the sort of thing. And we had it in the first season with, with Tyrion, didn't we, where Joffrey's mocking him because no, Tyrion got drunk and passed out in a pig pen, and Joffrey just fucking slaps him. Yeah, and uh, Tyrion just slaps him. He's like, "No, you'll do as you fucking told, boy." And it, you know, this is no, we've not had that with Danny. Nobody is, st- nobody until until John has gone. Who the fuck do you think you are? Yeah, and she's had it twice now in the space of one episode. Yeah, um, so it's good. I, I like that she's being challenged, and again, it starts to tie into that fact that. You know, she is losing her grip here. She's not yeah. everything that she's cracked up to be. All of the clues are here. They're not even clues. They're blatant now. Um, but of course, it has to be John that goes north. You know, I like I like that they're pulling the thread. You know, who's going to yeah. go? Who can we send? And it's, you know, yeah, it's good that steps forward and all that. Really, really good. But of course, it has to be John because this is John's fucking story. And that's yeah. why I like it so much as well, because it's the real fucking story with our real hero. Um, putting his team together and taking them north of the wall. And it's got all my favorite characters in one place as well. So, like, what is not to love, honestly? Um, and it's got one of my favorite characters that we're about to be reintroduced to as well. So what is not to be to love here? Um, once again, Tyrion and Jamie. then, you know, Tyrion needs to be snuck into King's Landing. So, of course, yeah. Davos does it. And again, you know, um, it's great to see Davos doing what Davos does um you know we forget so often that he is a smuggler because we see him doing other things and those yeah. skills come to the fore every now and again but it's always good to see him do that um Tyrion and Jamie 
I mean, we don't need to say anything, do we? Every time these two are on screen together, they are just fucking magic. Yeah. They are absolutely phenomenal together. Yeah. Um, so just excellent, excellent, excellent scene. Um, I think we've pretty much covered most of what it's what yeah. they say here um, as we've talked around the issue elsewhere. But it's basically Tyrion telling Jamie everything and he knows. Yeah. It's Tyrion coming to Jamie and saying, like, you, you can't fucking win this. Yeah. So take the truce. All right, just, just and and he knows that he's, you know Tyrion is preaching to the choir here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, the scene itself is great though. They're always good together, um, and Peter Dinklage especially in this scene, I, as always when he's bouncing off yeah. um, Nicola Castlewalder, he's always phenomenal. Um, yeah. So really, really good scene. Um, but then more importantly than all of that, fucking hell, Mark, it's Gendry. Do you remember Gendry? Yeah, Gendry. Remember I know. Yeah, I know the name. Yeah. He was going to be really important. Do you remember? Well, they, yeah, they, they, they set, set him up and he sailed off one. in that big grand shot. And he's the actual, he is the actual heir to the throne. Um, and they set him off in that grand shot where he sailed away. Like he was going to come back and. Yeah, he fucking rolled off into the night. To, he, yeah, he was he going to have a lot him. to offer. Well, fucking hell, here he is again. He and is. Uh, he's been hitting the fucking protein shakes or something as well while he's been gone, hasn't he? Um, it's fucking great to see him reintroduced though. Um, I, I like Gendry version one, um, you know, which I talked about at the time. And I feel yeah. like he gets dealt a short shrift um, because it, the character had talked about. Yeah. Um, I like Gendry V2 even more, though. Like instantly, yeah. as soon as he comes back in and he's just fucking all oiled up, smashing the shit out of stuff as a blacksmith and picking up the hammer and being like, I can't use a sword, but I can use this. Yeah. And he's just an, a complete fucking badass. By the time he comes back, yeah, and, um, and it, but it's 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 nicely coupled as well because obviously because Davos is such a light character anyway, yeah, and it's you know where so Davos is getting ready to get, give him the hard sells. Oh, you might not want to come with me again. And he's like, fuck it, where are we going? Yeah, I'm out. We, fuck it, lead on. I I actually really really like that. I've got a note yeah. on it here. What what they don't do is make any attempt to retcon what's happened to him since like no. clearly this is not the story that was being set up like four seasons ago or whatever it was. Okay. Clearly there's a lot of shit that's happened in the middle, which may be in the books that they've chosen not to show us. I don't know, but there's a lot of shit that's happened to Gendry. And I feel like none of it is what was intended when he was sailing off in that boat. Okay. Cause yeah. there's a whole story there where, as I say, he's, of course there's, there a, there's a whole story where he's the rightful heir to the throne. And actually, you know, if, if Danny gets taken out and toppled and what have you, which he should do, then John doing the honorable thing, then hands the throne over, to Gendry, okay, and seats him in power, and Gendry gets yeah. to fight alongside John here so that he can earn the throne. Okay, well, so this is all... it. I mean, they they allude to it in this episode. They allude to it in, uh, fucking. I think it's the the the, the episode between the Long Night and um Bells, it's the, whatever that one's yeah. called. Um, they allude to it there as well, and um, so they they allude to that yes, he has a legitimate claim to the throne. Yeah. So no, that that it's something that it's clearly it's clearly been there, and the whole thing of him needing to go off into hiding and being taken away up north, no, no, all of that that needs to be going somewhere. Yeah. And then you know the interaction with uh, Melisandre and Stannis, and that needs to go somewhere. Yeah. But then they fuck him off for four years. Yeah. And and, and nothing happens. And nothing right? happens. And then he comes back and says, yeah, okay, he's been in hiding in plain sight, which is fine. I have no problem with that because no. Again, they make a joke of it where he says to Dallas, oh, weren't you worried they'd recognise you? And I said, I don't recognise myself. And it's kind of the same with Gendry. Gendry's thinking, well, hang on, I'm hiding in plain sight. They don't, they don't know what I look like. They don't know they're, really, they're probably not even looking for me anymore. 
So no, what have I got? No, what have I got to lose by at least doing something useful? Yeah, uh, what so, I really, what I really like about that is that they, you're right, they they do all that. They have that discussion. They give us the bare minimum to explain away what's happened in the past four years. Yeah, they make no attempt to retcon every, anything. It's almost yeah. like they've sat around the light, writers' room and gone, okay, we're bringing Gendry back. We fucked this, haven't we? So that's what it feels like. It feels like they've yeah. acknowledged the fact that they fucked this and they've just gone, right, okay, don't try and fix it because that will make it worse. It will just draw attention yeah. to it. Just move forward with it. This is Gendry version two and it is what it is. Just yeah. move. And and actually, you know, I kind of got to respect that. I can't, yeah. I can't, I like, I wish, I wish Gendry version one had flowed through into this and we had his actual story. Yes, yeah, I absolutely revolution, When When we get to the end... Gendry's story is the one that I feel the most shortchanged on, if I'm yes. honest. Yeah. Um, but we don't get it, and they don't attempt to explain that at all. Yeah. They just go like, look, this is who he is now, and we need him now, and this is a loose end that needs tying up. So forget all the stuff in the middle, but well, let's it, tie this end it's, up. It's two things, isn't it? It's a loose end because, I mean, we did so much with him in seasons one, two, and three, then fucked him off. Yeah, um, he he's been he went on record as saying you know, that the, the, the Wonder Twins told him that he was going to be out of the show for a while, but they weren't killing him off, and they weren't sacking him. They wanted him to come back. You know, they they liked him. They liked what he did with the character, and they had plans for later on. This is the bit that bugs me because clearly they haven't got a fucking clue what they're doing with him. No, no, not at all. But they just know they want him in on this yeah. next episode. And, um, and and there's two. There would be two, again. It's a, it's a loose end. that's too important because you have somebody with a claim to the throne who we've set up that. The, no, that Joffrey tried to have him killed, or Cersei tried to have him killed. He went off into hiding. Then Stannis tried. No, Stannis wanted to kill him, and Davos had to no, release him into the night and let him run away or row away very fucking slowly. Um, so we had all of that. So bringing him back, it's it's a natural, logical thing to do. But next week he's going to get shafted. Then he'll be a bit part player until uh, the the Long Night episode. Yep. And then he'll have no quite an important part in. Or it might be the episode before. He'll do something quite important in that. And then we won't fucking see him again. That, yeah, and that's the thing. Um, again, dealing with this as an episode as it is, yeah. I like the way they reintroduce. Yeah, it. I, 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 His... I really, I really like this and the next scene of the next couple of scenes. Oh, the next, the next I mean, couple of scenes. Yeah, fucking absolutely. Brilliant. And I remember, I remember again. We we discussed this at the time. I remember talking about it at the time how good it was. Yeah, but I, I agree with you. It's it's probably the most frustrating storyline because it literally it's so important, but it they literally do nothing with it. And bringing him back is more of an insult than anything else because at least if, if you never saw him again, he's and you can, you, yeah. you can assume he's he's ro- he's rode halfway to fucking Easteros or whatever. No, he's he's just not fucking into it. No, he's just not in it anymore. And that would be fine. It would be annoying, but at least it's done. Yeah, it, I agree. It's kind of worse because him. yeah, they they get a second bite of the apple. They don't take it, and it's especially get a third bite as well in season eight. Yeah, but and, it's, and you know, it's... They, they, they tie up, they, they bring him back so they can tie up a loose end, and also it's convenient because they need to make weapons out of dragon glass. And who else could make make weapons but a fucking blacksmith? Of course, that's what I'm saying. They need him. Yeah. Um, but it, it's also it's even more annoying because whilst whilst the character yes seemed important in the first few seasons, and we thought we knew where he was going, and I didn't dislike him at all. I've always had time for Gendry. I think yeah. this incarnation of him now, where he's come back and he's meteor and he's learned how to smith and he's learned how to swing a hammer and he's just. But he's still kind of got a little bit of naivety about him because yes. he's been hiding. I think he's a superb character. Yeah, and I agree. so it annoys me even more that they shaft him because I I think he's fucking excellent. Like yes. he, he runs away with the next few scenes, like yeah. absolutely. And, and when you bear in mind he's in them with people that we've now been watching for years and who are all exceptionally good performers. Yes, he manages to run away with the scenes. He's really, really fucking good. Um, 
but yeah, they they just get on with this, and I I got to give them props for that. Yeah, they just got it. Yeah, look, we fucked it, but he's back now. Yeah, so move let's on. let's use it and move let's on. Move on. Uh, so we get another scene that we spend a bit of time with Cersei again. Then um, Cersei oh, this and Jamie. Oh, right, fuck me. Right now, I got to be honest. I don't know how I managed to do this, um, but I completely forgot about this. This whole thing, I completely forgot I that she was pregnant. Fucking hated it first. Time I think around. I think I blocked it from my memory because yeah, it is. It's like fucking Dallas. It, it is, but it's 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 that. Th- it, 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 I was going to say it's exactly like an American soap opera whereby yeah. you're no, you're losing him. He, he he's starting to doubt. He's starting to not believe. So all of a sudden, there's a baby. Yeah, and okay. it's, but it's, it's so out of the blue. And then yeah. it's. I mean, it'll be used again in the next couple of weeks with another character. And it's like, okay, well, hang on. I don't. I don't even think there is a fucking baby. That alone, they're potentially being two fathers. But they are trying to turn it into a soap opera. And I mean, where, where do we even start? Okay, just on a, on a technical level. On a technical mm. level, the holding the bump and the reveal of it is just so melodramatic. Yeah, especially when there is no fucking bump. And you know, yeah. the way the way that she's dressing at the moment, where she's in the corset with a big fucking wedding dress uh, skirt. You know, you, there's no fucking hiding anywhere. No. Uh, so so that's comically bad. Yeah. Uh, and like I say, you're dead, right? It's, it's like an American soap opera. The first thing I thought was Dallas. But, I mean, my the bigger issue with it, and as you said, like she starts to play on this in a, in a few episodes' time as well. The bigger issue with this now is that Cersei, who, as we said all along, has, has been this, this matriarchal character, always been protecting the family and stuff like that, but has always been very smart. Yeah. To all of a sudden, just essentially turn her into a honey trap yeah is disrespectful to the character to it's all horrible. the work that's been done to the performance and quite frankly to her fucking gender um and, and look I'm, I'm saying that as a dude so if i've got that wrong then i've got that wrong but jesus christ you can write women better than this like and this is the frustrating thing this is what i find frustrating with the writing in general is that when it's good they can write for pretty much any one of these characters yeah, and every every writer on the show has shown that they you know, they can do this, but at some something tr- something happens every time they start making progress or making making headway with the character. Somebody goes, "Hang on, I haven't taken a shit on anything today." Yeah, let's let, let's let's, let's find a female character and completely fucking ruin what we, all we've done in the last four years, five years, six years. I mean, it's just so it's just so derivative, isn't it? Like yeah. we. we... What, how how can a woman exert power over a man? Oh, it's definitely like she's having his baby. Definitely, hundred percent, he'll be powerless. Yeah. Like what? Well, no, hang on. She's smart. She's sexy. She's powerful. There are a million and one better ways you can do this. Yeah. Than oh, all of a sudden I've got your baby again. Yeah. Like it's it and it actually it it really takes a shit on Jamie's character as well, not just Cersei's yeah. that he falls for it. Um, yeah. Again. Like it's it's just horrible. It's absolutely fucking atrocious. Yeah. It's, but yeah. yeah, I mean, it is what it is. She does at least reveal that you know she's gonna get involved and take the truce and what have you. Um, again, just putting pieces on the board here, I think. But yeah, yeah this is it's such a bad decision. Really, really bad. Uh, offensively bad yeah. for a number of reasons. Um, let's move on to something better. Um, so. We get um, Gendry um, just twatting the guards with with the mallet as Tyrion's yeah. escaping. Really, really good. Again, good to see him doing that. You know, and, and Tyrion saying, you know, basically giving him the nod of approval. Yeah, he'll um, do. Yeah, he'll do. Yeah, but, really, I mean, really but like it. again, I I like the scene. The scene in in and of itself was funny. It yeah. was a it was a nice bit of light relief, um, especially coming on the back of that shit with Cersei. Um, but it did they didn't need it. 
No, they don't. Um, but I think as we're reintroducing Gendry, I think it's more for that than anything. Um, it's just like he says he can swing a hammer, but we haven't seen it. So yeah. we just we need to see that particularly. We need for to see that. Team. We need to see that bit. But the whole the whole thing of you no. Know, where he's giving them the fucking crab, the, the crab stuff, and oh, it's a natural aphrodisiac. You need to get yourself off to a brothel. I'll give you money, and it's like we don't need any of that. I think it's it's quite no, we don't. It's, but it's, it, I mean, that's just all set up, isn't it? I I like the scene. I I like it when we get to see Davos actually doing what Davos yeah. is supposed to do. Yeah, I like. I, it. Like I say, it's just one of those. I mean, we were talking earlier on. Last week was a short episode. This episode is a far longer episode. Again, this is just something they you know, they could have cut that scene in half and had the same impact. You, you still get to see Gendry doing what Gendry does, but you don't have all the shit about brothels and bribes and all the rest of it because we're not coming back. We're not going to be coming back to, to King's Landing this way again. So it's not important to see the fact that we know how much it costs to bribe them. No, I guess not. But um, I it, I don't bump up against it at all yeah, because actually, you know, te- technically, I think the pacing is good with it. You know, because we get to see the bribe work and then they come back again. And then you got Tyrion showing up as well, so it's just piling the tension on, and then it ultimately just ends with the simplest, simplest of all solutions: Gendry just twats him with a great big fucking hammer. Um, so I, I like it. I like the scene. Um, I, think yeah, it's fine. I, 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 I like it. I just didn't need it. Yeah, I, I like it. And uh, yeah, I, I'd be. I think I'd miss it if it wasn't there, knowing that it is there. Um, we get my favourite Gendry moment of the episode next yeah. Absolutely fucking brilliant. Where he's having the big pep talk <laughs> yes. all the way down. Like, like whatever you do, yeah. don't tell him who you are. Your name is whatever he tells Clovis. him. Yeah, your name's Clovis. All right, just whatever you do, don't tell him who you are. And the first words out of his mouth is, Hi, I'm Gendry, Robert Baratheon's son. Absolutely. Bastard. And but the thing is, I mean, it's 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 show it's it's a it's a good it's a good comic scene. It's no, you get Davos's reaction. But actually, no, it's one of those that, given how this fucking show works, any he says that to anybody else, and he's immediately in stocks, and his head yeah. comes off. Yeah. Because you no, know, and that goes to that. I mean, that plays with naivety as well. Oh, definitely. Um, I, I really like what he's become. As I say, that he's now this really skilled, super strong, brawny fighter, and he's a genuine threat to anybody. But, but he's, he's a fucking sweet toddler. and innocent and naive. Yeah. Really, it's, I just again, that's very tropey. But I think he plays it really, really yes, well. Yeah. And, and you know his. His kind of defense of that is like, well, you know, our fathers were friends. We're both bastards. I'm sure we've got a lot in common. I've heard you're a nice man. Just really, really innocent. Yeah. Um, and, and actually, the chemistry between uh, between him and Kid Harry, they've got such an easy chemistry, the two of them. Yeah. Um, and there's it, a really, really nice really bit works. as well where, um, where they were talking about Robert and uh, Ned. And uh, John says, oh, he was fatter, he was fatter than, I, than I thought he was. And... and uh, again, so your father was short, or you're shorter than your father. Yeah, and it's, uh, and it's ultimately this thing of again, if he'd said that to any other king, yeah, his head's coming off. Yeah, and it's, it, even, it, even Johnson goes, "Hang on a minute, you can't fucking say that." But and then, uh, but then he realizes actually, you know, he doesn't mean it to be offensive. He's not, he's not taking the piss. Yeah. He's not having a pop. It's just that's how he is. You know, it's it's a it's a true statement. Ned was yeah. taller than John. They've they've just got this straight away. They've got this really easy kind of almost brotherly chemistry because yeah. they are as as Gendry said they are united by a lot of things in their past you know yeah. their fathers were friends they're both bastards they've both got a lot to prove yeah you know and, they're and both speaking there's a it's lot far more natural as well than the um the relationship we had with that John had with Rob oh yeah definitely definitely um because they're on a, they're on the same level they kind of understand each other and it, and it is you know, we often talk about gender politics in this show and we often talk about how sometimes it can be toxic and stuff as well. But I think what this does really well is accurately portray 
male relationships like yes this is the first time they're running into each other but yeah. this is like they're not they're not trying to one up each other they're not trying to challenge each other in a toxic masculinity kind of way they're yeah. both intelligent guys who are just busting each other's balls because yeah. they can and they can yeah, get yeah. away and like you said nobody else could say that to john but gendry feels confident that he can so he yeah. will he'll have a little dig and john will throw one back yeah. and that that feels quite true and they hit that off straight away they do and i think you you do you do see that with other characters though you see it with bron and Tyrion, you see it with bron yes. and jamie yeah. But there are always agendas there. Yes, there's, whereas, there's always something behind it whereby Bronn is still looking for his castle and his fucking you know, beautiful princess or whatnot. He's he's still pushing for something. So he he'll he'll bust their balls all day because that's what he does. But actually, he doesn't care whether they live or die, other than it'll stop him getting what he, he feels he's owed. Whereas yeah. in this case, it's just look, I don't really give a fuck who my father was or your father was or who you are. I know I there's a cause, I'll serve it. Fine. Just sign me up and I'll I'll, I'll go for it. And it, it, they don't. They both realize very quickly they don't need to be anything else. No, they are one and the same essentially. They're two sides of a coin. They really are very similar in terms yeah. of their character. Um, and yeah, really like, really like the two of them together. I'm loving Gendry. What I'm, what I'm loving even more though, is Davos just yes. absolutely sticking the landing on this scene where yeah. they, where those two are all laughing and giggling and having a grand old time, and he just says, "Well, nobody mind me. All I've ever done is live to a ripe old yeah. fucking age." I was going <laughs> to say that, that was the line I was I was going to come back to. Is that, and again, it, it's it's good because he he's not imposing himself on a scene in the way that a Tyrion does or a Varys does or a Littlefinger does. No, he's there, and you know he's there. But actually, if you if you want there, it wouldn't really matter because you still have the scene because he's not there twirling a mustache or anything else. No, he just sticks the landing. He just absolutely sticks the landing. His, his delivery and everything is perfect. He is a grumpy old man in this scene, and yeah. it's hilarious. It's hilarious. All I've ever done is live to a ripe old age. It really, really like that was a spit take for me. Um, really, really good stuff. Um, we get just a, a beautiful little scene between Tyrion and Jorah. Really, yeah. really nice. Take it with you. Bring it bring back. back. Yeah. Really, really nice. Just the respect that's been earned between these two. Yeah. You know, on the journey they've been on and stuff. And that's the kind of thing I think you can only get away with with Tyrion. That's yeah. there's, there's something so genuine about Tyrion in so many I was ways. Say that there's it? so many. There are so few genuine characters in this show. Yeah. Um. I mean, no. We, we for all we talk of Jamie being true north and and Tyrion will. Um, Tyrion, his, his allegiances will 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 switch. That's fine. We've seen that already. He's, he 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 wasn't um, no. He was a Lannister, but he wasn't particularly loyal to his father. Then he killed his father. Now he's loyal to Daenerys. So that's fine. We can you know you can have that. But actually, he's he he never he never decries what he is. No, and he's true to people. Is the thing. Yeah. He could, his allegiance can switch from house to house, and politically he can switch because yeah. he's politically minded. But yeah. Jorah is somebody that he's spent a lot of time with earned a great deal of respect for you know much like with john when john comes back his first instinct isn't oh well it's an enemy faction or anything like that it's yeah. i know john snow i like him yeah you know and, and this is the same thing with with jorah here it's like look take this with you bring it back don't fucking die yeah because i like you you're my friend yes um and that's again that's just the kind of thing that a lesser show wouldn't allow two male characters to do this. No, or there would be some big fucking awkward exchange, which they don't need and actually pisses on their characters. Yeah, there'd be some, you know, machismo kind of, like the fucking, uh, way back in season one, the Rob and John fucking yeah. bro hug, as they're yes. saying goodbye. And it, this isn't that at all. This is just genuine. And both of them play it really well as well. Actually, you know, I think Ian Glenn's very good 
at just portraying this kind of sad stoicism. Yes. I feel like that it's like he he genuinely is almost moved to tears by this, but he he can't show that because yeah. he's a knight and he's honourable. Yeah. And... In all fairness to Ian Glenn, I think he's a, he's a very good actor. He's a very capable actor. We see that in this show, and we see that in other things he's done. But he's a far better reactor. He definitely is. Yes. Um, the way the way he responds to people, and he he. Even when you get people overacting to fuck, which you've seen in the show a lot of times, he react his reaction is always more or less perfect to what to what Jorah would be in in character. It's no, you don't get him swinging for the fences, you don't get him doing these big fucking dramatic goodbyes, you don't get these big sweeping statements or you know, anything like that. It's just that's just Jorah. And you know, anything anybody says, it's just like yeah, fine, great, because yeah. he doesn't he doesn't need to oversell it. And I think it's he him and um, oh fucking hell, um, Liam Cunningham. The, with the exception that you get the odd eyebrow from Liam Cunningham, but apart from that, the pair of them react far better than they act. Yeah, I mean, as as we saw at the end of the last scene, you know, all of that set up, and Liam Cunningham just sweeps in and nails it. You yeah, know? It steals the scene. Eventually. Just, it just absolutely nails it, just off the back of what's been said. So, yeah, I, th- I think you're right there. So, yeah, really, really nice scene between the two of them. Um, and then I don't know how I feel about the next scene. I really don't. Um, it annoyed the fuck out of me first watch through but again this is one of those things where i really like the scene the idea of gilly just throwing out john's heritage and glossing over it and not knowing what the fuck it means is is funny and is right for the character yeah in terms of the broader story this is not how we should first find out that information well no this this is it and i think that it relies on the fact that she she mispronounces the name yeah of um rega which i probably just mispronounced as well and then we 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 don't mention the fact that no we don't mention who we was who we got the annulment from and who we went on to marry, so you're right we we shouldn't get the reveal there but they're relying on the fact that they don't know that because they, they don't explicitly say who it was we're not supposed to know. No, what it again it feels like they're setting us up for tada uh, yeah. for this kind of shock and all writing. It, yeah, it's actually it's like a rabbit coming out of the hat next week. Yeah, this is a show we need empty hat. Yeah, whereas actually there's a way to do this. And stick the land in, which is very, very easy. You simply have her glossing all of this out, and Sam is all wound up and all in a tizzy. And then, you know, yeah. you get the, like, I've got again, laugh out loud moment here where, where yeah. he's talking to her and she goes, No, it's the steps. That yeah. was the steps, you know, really, really funny. Yeah. Um, but what you need is for Sam to have just glossed all this information. And right at the end of the scene as he's going, just go, Oh, hold on a minute, Gilly. And just add weight to it, you know, yeah. just hang on a minute. What did you say? You, what we need is for her to throw it out and for Sam to piece it together. But we need it here. We need it in the same scene so that we yeah. understand. Even yeah. if we don't then get to see him piece it all together, we just need to see the light bulb go off. Well, this is it. I mean, if, if either either that or I mean, the, the problem with this is that he gets so fucking het up in this scene and then decides to go off and rob the Citadel. Yeah. And I think the problem with that is that you, as you say, you don't get it. You don't get to see him responding to what she's just told him, which is absolutely what that, it means. Yeah, that that is critical. We need to see that. We need to. Yeah. We need him because we'll get it with Bran in the next two weeks as well. Yeah. And we we need that fucking light going on behind him. Going, oh fuck, because that's important. Yeah. Because now all we get is he snaps at her because he's in, he's in a shitty mood anyway. She's being, she's just, she's happy and she's not really paying enough that much attention. She, she's, she's fascinated by the fact that a she can now read, and b she's reading something really fucking bizarre. Does she know? She no. She growing up, she would never have dreamt of knowing about a building with fifteen thousand steps and seven thousand windows, or whatever it was. 
So this is all fucking mind blowing to her anyway. And no, she's a bit like a child who's learned something new in school and is going, and we did this and this and then did you know this? And yes, I fucking knew that because when I was in school 30 years ago, we did the same thing. Yeah. But because he then blows up at her, we don't get the payoff for that scene. And then instead we get him running off and robbing the Citadel and then they leave. And so hang on, why did she bother telling us that in that case? Because it hasn't gone anywhere. It, he no. clearly hasn't registered it. No. And then the stupid fucker gave the kid an old book. Kids don't do books. Kids that young do not do books. They rip them and spit on them and shit. <laughs> That I didn't even clock that. Oh, um, again, that, that, that's, a, that's a personal bugbear because so many of my books have been fucking ruined over the years. Um, but yeah, so, so he then storms off and has a, bit of a, has a bit of a strop. And then next time we see him, he's robbing the Citadel. Then they're on, on the back of a wagon heading north. And it's not mentioned again. So hang on, so what was the no. point in that, that whole scene? It does well, nothing apart from wind him up. And, and here's the thing. like This is obviously very important information. And yeah. look, first time out, I'll be frank, okay? It feels like, yeah... It feels like it's just gilly babbling, and because we get the other gag in there about shits and steps, yeah, it, it feels like that's where this scene is going. Okay, so on a first watch through, yeah, I glossed, I glossed over this entire, I glossed over even the information that this, that she threw out there. Okay, because look, all right, this probably says more about me, but it's fucking made up words and names again, and this show's fucking terrible for that. Yeah, all right, so I'm just oh, all right. This is shit. I don't need to know whatever. So I wasn't really paying much attention. I was paying more attention on what was happening between Sam and Gilly in the scene. Yeah, and then you know, as as we've talked about again uh, numerous times in the show, within within hours of this episode being out, people are all over it with their fan theories and oh, did you Gilly confirm this, that, and the other? And I was like, hey, what? Have I completely missed that? Yeah, and like I have. Okay, and now you could argue that that's on me, and maybe partially it is. But it's more on the writers for throwing it away so casually. Yes. If if they had executed this scene just like this, we could have still had the humor between Sam and Gilly. But all it needed was for Sam to go, wait a minute. So that oh, me, are. me, and I'm not unique in this, I guarantee you. Me and every other thick cunt out there who's only half switched on is going to go, Hello. oh, right, okay, I need to know this. Well, yeah, that was the thing. And I, I completely missed it as well. I mean, I and I, I tried very hard to avoid fan theories because generally they're wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I'd rather if I'm watching a show, I don't want people to spoil it for me. I don't want people to say, "Oh, well, this is going to happen. That's going to happen." No, if I'm watching it, I want to fucking watch it. I want to, yeah. I want to draw my own conclusions. And then, if somebody wants to have a discussion about it, we can have a discussion. But don't just fucking tell me this, that, and the other. Let me experience it on my own. That's the whole point of it. So I completely missed it as well. And that was my, that was one of the thoughts I had. Is hang on, have I missed it because I wasn't paying attention? Because that sometimes happens. Because now I'm a bloke and don't concentrate that hard. But also excuse me um have i missed it because it's not there and the truth is it's not there the writing isn't there the writing isn't strong enough to carry it so that if you have got somebody who's not watching it or not paying who's not laser focused on it and i mean how many people do you know who will sit watching tv with a phone in their hand or reading a paper at the same time or doing something at the same time that no that's the majority of people so you know you need to be a bit smarter with this and actually realize your audience aren't all fucking no they're not in a cinema watching something they paid to see and they're going to give it their full attention this is on TV on a Monday night. They've, they've, no, they've had a day at work. They'll have dealt with the kids and all the rest of it. Think, well, hang on. I don't want to be, I don't want to have to now sit here for an hour, an hour and a half, whatever it's going to be with ads, and really fucking focus, no, laser focus and fry my brain for the next hour and a half. Yeah, it just doesn't work. And, and it also steps on, you've already mentioned it, but it steps on the next scene as well, where Sam sort of robs the Citadel and rides away like a thief in the night, literally. Um, again, you know, this is the second time we've seen Sam do this where his character has grown to the point where he's taking action, which is great yeah. for him, you know, 
but actually what he does here is just slip away in the night again like i feel like it's running more... it's running away again yeah. sam was set up in the first two seasons he was a coward he was a pusillanimous little fucker yeah oh he, he either ran away or he did a Tyrion and got knocked out and, and he, he got through it without dying by the skin of his teeth yeah and for all the growth we've seen where he didn't stand up to his father but he ran away with a sword he's not standing up to the maesters he's running away with the books and it's like, well, hang on, what was the point in him defending Gilly and the baby, defending, exactly. no, fighting the White Walker, you know, helping Bran, all this sort of stuff? He just reverted to what he was in season one. He's a fucking coward. Exactly. And he's just running away. He's not, it, it, you know, it, it may be a case of, well, I, no, I need this information. And this is important. There are bigger things in the world, which is how they're trying to sell it. But actually, if that was the case, he'd be fighting harder to get the Mesa to acknowledge it and do what they can to, to get people to help. Because actually, that is going to be more useful than him running away with a load of fucking books. Yeah, right. So there's that, okay? Um, now, there are two ways out of this that you can tie onto the back of this revelation from Gilly, which would have made this work much better and, yeah. and pushed him forward as a character, okay? You either have the light bulb go off and him go, John needs to know this. We need to go now. Yes. And then he, right, and then he, he takes action and he steals the stuff and jumps the car, as you've got now. That works, okay? Yeah. What is slightly lengthier... But my dad even more. Um, but of course, they, they didn't want to do the footwork. So I see why you would go with the shorter version of just said yeah. what you also do is she gives the information. Sam goes, come with me, takes Gilly to the maester, explains everything to the grand maester. Yeah. And then you you take your choice. Either the grand maester gives him his blessing and off he goes with the books or the grand maester goes, nobody can ever know about this. Yeah. And it becomes this big conspiracy thing. And so again, he steals the books and runs away. Now there's yeah. three possible versions that you can take any of them. They all work. Yeah. Okay. And they all add weight to both the character and the scene before it. Yes. It's, and to the, and to that arc in general, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's these fucking own goals that they keep scoring that I just don't understand. Like it's, this is an open fucking net. It's, 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 it's the laziness so... is the problem. So they, they don't put the legwork in. They don't do the build up. They they they'll spend fucking weeks building up some things, and then they'll skim over it. And this is no, this whole question over John's lineage that this has been a thing since day one, and so much has been made of it. And actually, it'll go fucking nowhere. But so much is made of it, and this no, this should be the big fucking. This should be the end of Act Two. Thing and hang on, this is the bit we're hitting you over the head. Yes. And this is what you need to know. This is where we are. This is critical to the rest of the story. Yes. But yeah. instead they go, oh, yeah, but it's fine because Danny's going to blow some shit up. And again, like, here's easy drama for you. Sam works that out now. He needs to go and tell John. Jumps on his cart, rides away into the night. Very next scene, over we go to John, rounding up his men to go north of the wall. So Sam is not going to get to him in time yeah. because John is going north of the wall. So you've got that, once again, ships passing in the night element of it. Yeah. So easy, easy drama. Um. But, you know, having said all of that about Sam, like, definitely don't like that at all. Uh, I like yeah. the scene with Gilly. Don't like yes. the, the general execution in the story again, which seems yeah. to be the theme of this episode. But this end, I mean, I, I've already alluded to it earlier on. I fucking love, 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 love this storyline. These these guys just going north of the wall. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's classic men on a mission. Like, they all hate each other. Like, out of choice, none of them would be in a room together. Yes. But they have to get along. They've got a mission. They Like, all of these factions have to come together yeah. and just pull each other through. Like, yes, it's fucking cliched. Yeah. Yes. It, I mean, it's, it's basically the fucking... You take your pick. It's the Dirty Dozen, the That's Magnificent the Seven, the Wild Bunch. Take your fucking pick, okay? We've seen this a million times. Yes, it's tropey. 
Yeah. But there's a reason that tropes endure. It's because they work. And this is Game yeah. of Thrones version of that. This is the Game of Thrones version of a fucking men on a mission action film. The Game of Thrones Expendables is what I referred to it as earlier and yes. the first time I saw it. I fucking love it. It's yeah. absolutely great. Um, and, and to that end, we get a fantastic end here as well. This is yes. how you do a cliffhanger. Yeah. With just all of those characters just walking off into the sunset like well, yeah, oh my god it, where it, are it, they going what's this is it. We, we, we've seen we've seen the whites earlier on in the episode we've seen we've seen brand's vision of the whites at Eastwatch, and all of a sudden they're going through the gate yeah so that, right that's no something's got to happen there so that was really i really like this the, the the dialogue as well i thought was very good the exchanges between them was good um gendry rubbing up against the um the brotherhood i thought was really good as well because again that just cements the fact that it's easy to forget Gendry's story because, again, he was set up as such an important character, but so much happened to him and then he fucked off for four years. It's easy to forget what happened and how he came to be with Stannis in the first place. So that was good. That was important. The other thing I'm going to throw in here is that we skipped the chunk in Winterfell because it was so fucking boring. Oh, it's, it's horrendous. I've got no notes it, on it whatsoever. It does nothing. No, the problem no. is it does nothing. And they're, try, they're trying it. They're, they're doing it again. They're trying to do this fucking whole mustache twirling, little fingers pulling all the strings. They're trying to do this and trying to make it. No, they're, they're making it look like, no, I, no Sansa and Arya are at odds. And I can see what they're trying to do. But it's just so fucking boring. Yeah. And this scene in particular, they alluded to the scroll to, last week or two weeks ago, the fact there's this scroll from... Or that the the, you know, the maester kept all the scrolls ever came into Winterfell. So and then you know, this week it's been found and Littlefinger's got it. So they set up this bit where they're trying you know, they're trying to sow sow some sort of discord with 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 Arya, but it doesn't fucking work because no. she doesn't. Maisie Williams is lit them. She follows him around you know, like a game of cat and mouse, and it looks very much like a fucking Pink Panther uh, um, skit, but it doesn't actually go in because we don't know what the scroll is. And it's well, one I mean, of that's the key that... in it. We need to see what's written on the yeah. fucking scroll for the payoff because yeah. Littlefinger presumably wanted her to find it because we well, see him twirl his fucking that's, mustache. That's the thing. You know, he sort of pretends to lock the door and all that sort of shit. So we, we know he intended to do that. But there's at no point. No, we, this scroll fucking appeared once five years ago and it's never been mentioned since. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine with bringing stuff back in. But we need to see what it is, so then we can see Arya throw it back in Sansa's face. Yeah, as it completely. is, she finds a bit of bog roll in his fucking mattress, probably the equivalent of a wank sock in Westeros, and then that's fucking it. Is that well, yeah. okay? Who cares? Yeah, exactly. Wank sock in Westeros, by the way, is I feel like that's a punk band name. Um, there's there's some decent alliteration there. I was just um, that's the title of my sex tape. Yeah, wax sock in Westeros. Yeah, I love it. Um, so, yeah, we glossed over that because it's pointless. Well, so. yeah, that, 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 I just wanted to go back to it. Uh, yeah, no, it's worth mentioning because we'll need to talk about it next week. Yeah. Um, so it's worth mentioning. But, yeah, the end, though, yeah, as, as you said, just the, the rubbing, up, the factions rubbing up against each other, yeah. you know, I, and the fact that they're all, as you say, we've, we've had discussion of the whites. We've seen the threat. Now all of them are walking out there. And to some extent, some characters are bigger than others. Obviously, you've got characters like John and Gendry in here. Um, and, and Jorah, you know, characters that have been main players. But then there are no real, there are no small characters going beyond the wall here. Like I said, it's the Game of Thrones expendables. You know, even characters like Beric now and, and the yeah. Hound, you know, you're going to feel every one of those deaths and you well, fucking know that they aren't all coming back. Yeah, so you know they're not all coming back, but it's not like in an episode of Star Trek where you get Spock, McCoy, Kirk. There's no and, red shirt. Yeah, you know? there's, there's nobody going there specifically to die. No, there's no red shirt in this, but you absolutely know at least one of these is going to die. If yeah. not, maybe all of them and only one is coming back because yeah. that's this show. And there's a fucking hilarious line next week as well, which um, comes from Tormund, which we'll talk about when it comes. 
Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's just some great stuff between all of these, like the amount of ball busting that goes on while they're just traipsing through the snow and stuff. Just yeah. love it. Next week's episode is is top notch. I'm not even going to yeah. bury the lead now. I'm, I'm excited to watch it. Uh, I hope it doesn't disappoint me. Um, but, you know, in the meantime, this week's, like, I've got to be fair. Like, like I said earlier on, I don't hate this episode. It's good. I'll go as far as to say it's a good episode. There's not much action. But there's actually plenty of forward momentum, you know, particularly towards the latter half of the episode. We are moving these stories forward. Yeah. You know, it's just that I feel like all of the individual scenes are, you know, like I said, moment to moment. I think like everything is pretty well written and well executed. It's just that it has that just problem that we had in the early seasons as well, where the overarching narrative just isn't working. And so it's not. If you take the episode in isolation, which is very difficult to do by this point in the show because yeah. we're not serialized, but if you take it in isolation, it's a really entertaining hour of TV. Yes. The performances are good. You know, there's some interest in drama, particularly with Tyrion trying to weigh up what Danny's actions mean and things like that. It's it's all good stuff. It's just that there are some absolutely mental fucking, and I mean mental, a crazy, crazy fucking story decisions made in this episode. Yeah that are just unfathomable to me. I don't understand how anybody thought like the pregnancy was a good idea or how anybody thought that they could get away with Gilly just tossing that information out. Like well, this just is mental, I, mental stuff. I think this is, and I think this is, I mean, this is what we we're talking about earlier on. I think, and we talked about this from more or less day one as well. Is that in the early seasons, there was a book, there was a text, there was something to, to lean on it. If there's something they didn't really want to do, they say, oh, well, yeah, that doesn't really fly. You know, the book won't let us do that. Or if there's something they felt they had to do, they say, oh, well, yeah, no, that's in the books. We can get away with it. And then you get to a point where it's like, right, okay, they didn't bother doing a blueprint because they they, they and George R. R. Martin figured that he would always be ahead of them. Yeah. And because of that, they didn't know. I mean, I've got loads of books. I mean, you, you, I'm not, we're not on camera uh, tonight, so you won't see them behind me, but there are loads of books on um, you know, writing show Bibles and you know, how, to, how to present a show, how to put a show together, how to plan it all. And the one thing they tell you, you need to know where it ends before you start. I mean, you that's need basics, to know not even shows. That's well, for, for any any story, any story at all, you need to know where it starts and where it ends and how you get there. And yeah. you might not know the ins and outs. You might know every chapter or every episode or every scene. But you will know that for this character, they go through this to get to that. They go through that to get to this. And there's a very definite point A, point Z, and the whole alphabet between them. It, it almost feels like these guys haven't done that because they always assumed the book would be there to be like a blueprint for them. Yeah, and I mean, now they're on their own, and it's like, oh right, how do we do that? How do we get to that point? We know, we know what we want to happen to Sansa. We know what we need to happen to John. We know what needs to happen to Cersei. How the fuck do we get to there? Because when when we last had our blueprint at the end of season five, they were here, and now there's like a whole other show we need to write, and we yeah. don't know where that's going. And that's what this and a bunch of episodes in in this season and in next season will feel like is that. They, as you know, as we said before, they're moving. They're just trying to maneuver people into place to get to the end, without actually thinking that from a story point of view that doesn't make sense, or from a narrative point of view and an episode point of view that's dull as fuck, or it's really predictable, or it doesn't work because of X, Y, and Z. It's literally just going right. By the time we get to the penultimate episode, this person needs to be in this location, having done this, yeah. and they just kind of write around and go, well, yeah, now they're traveling for three episodes. Done. Problem solved. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see them on the road next week. That five minutes. Five minutes of them you know, walking a fucking donkey down the road. Job done. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just poor, isn't it? It's no other word for it. You know, in yeah, terms and, of. I mean, seven seasons in. There's no excuse for it either. 
No, there absolutely isn't. Um, and and it, you know, it is annoying. I feel like we've kind of gone full circle now to where we were back in season one and season two. You know, it is annoying when everything else is working yeah. so well and that is just fucking poor. <laughs> no yeah. other word for it. It's just yeah. fucking poor. But and, and, and I'm you with go. you. I've got to be honest. I mean, the episode itself, I said, take, apart from the start, which I think the start should have been the end of last week, mm-hmm. um, take, taking it as an episode in isolation is very difficult at this stage because we are 65 episodes in. But... You can see, right, okay, well, fine. This is working on. This is what we're looking at. This is fine. As an episode, it works because this is fine. That does this for that character. Great. But your overall narrative is now completely lost again. Yeah. And again, a part of me wants to blame the Wonder Twins because the last two or three weeks whereby they've not, they've not taken what's happened in the in the episodes before that and built on it. They just kind of run with where they are. So the story, the, the, the linear narrative works in as much as we get, you know, we've gone from A to B, but there's no shades of grey in it. It's literally, we've got a straight line and it doesn't really matter how we've got here. We're just here. Yeah. Yeah. So here we are now. Deal with it. Yeah. Because next week we'll be there. Well, next week we'll be over there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, all in all, it's a, it comes out as a solid episode. It's a, it's a solid episode in a, in a, against the backdrop of a very poor arc. Yes. I would agree. Yeah, but yeah. I, mean, I, I can't. I, I can't really um, articulate any more than that. Mainly because I've had four points, and I can't really think of any of words to say it properly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is why I shouldn't drink on a school night, kids. But um, I mean, as, as always, you know, we, we we like to get people's thoughts mainly because they tell us we're wrong, uh, especially when it comes to Danny, because you no, know, Danny can do no wrong. I saw there was a really interesting meme actually. Um, well, it wasn't a meme. It was a it was a, a, a set of images I saw on Facebook earlier. And it was talking about how the fact that you know she 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 went out of her way to save people's lives and she helped people, she did this, she did that, and then she was betrayed. And and the litany of comments underneath her were, no, she was a fucking psycho. No, she was a psycho. No, no fire and blood from day one, etc. And then for every one of those, you got two or three people going, yeah, but no, she had to do that, and she was pushed into this, and then she was backed into a corner. She had to do that. So people people are still now two years later going out of their way to defend this character who is clearly a fucking psychopath. Yeah, clearly. Yeah, it really does bake my sweet. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't understand it. I, I feel like most of this show has been us trying to understand that. Yeah, um, and I mean, fandom's a very particular thing, and every, everybody will latch onto something, and and you see it a lot in in you know, real life as well as as well as when it comes to, to TV shows. That people will get something in their head and they will defend it to the hilt because it's come from a particular source or it's about a particular person. I'm not referring to any 45th president of America in that, um, but that's no people do that, and the internet has given a lot of people a voice to do that. But it's just so frustrating because when you weigh it up, it's all there. The evidence is all there, and people just don't want to hear it. Yeah, and it's like you were talking earlier on about um, about people talking about COVID at the moment. The evidence is there, but people just don't want to hear it. Yeah, and because exactly. of that, then because of that, then they they'll present that as oh, well, you, you know, you're just saying that because no, that's what you've been told to say. You're a sheep and all that. And so, well, hang on. There's no, millions of people have died. That's no, not a coincidence. Yeah, and so it's just one of the, I find it really annoying. And I say we'll, no, we'll probably get to a point no, where people are writing into us to tell us we're fucking idiots because no, let's be fair, that's what the internet is for. Um, but yeah, I just, I'd, I'd, I'd love to get people's take on this, especially now we're, we're getting into sort of the uh, uh, Danny's darker phase. If if you want to uh, be nice about it, um, but yeah, just sort of seeing how we're going people... into a metal phase. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I wonder when, he, when where we missed the emo goth phase. I've got to be honest. Yeah, she never did quite get emo. No, she she just kind of it looked like she was going to after the um, the sorcerers. Yeah, and then she went into full on conqueror mode. Yeah, but, but um, yeah. but yeah, 
as, as always, if you do have thoughts, especially if you think we're uh, we're wrong and you want want to talk to us about it, um, get in touch on Twitter at ddpodcastnet. You can go to our website, ddpodcast.net. We can also get our previous episodes on our other shows. On Facebook and YouTube with the Devil Down Podcast Network, uh, wherever you get your podcasts from, be it iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Amazon Music, like, share, subscribe, leave some message, we get back to you as best we can. But until next time, game over.